0: Have you ever wanted to raise your hand and ask a question during the Sunday morning sermon? Are you looking for a place where you can find real hope? Join us on the Real Life Living in the Here and Now podcast as we tackle life's most unwelcome questions and learn to live free and real. Each week we will take on a subject that cuts through the hype and deals with the hurt and brokenness everyone has but doesn't know where to begin. And now let's join Joe and Jeremy as they get real with themselves, with God, and with you.
1: Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Real Life Living in the Here and Now. I'm Jeremy, and with me, as always, is Joe Farmer, and we are excited to finish up a series we've been talking about, Identity. Now, we've talked about a lot of different things concerning identity, and I would encourage you, if you haven't um, yet heard those episodes, to go back a few and start at the beginning it's our the second episode that we released is our first uh, series in talking about identity and so today we want to uh, finish things up uh last time we talked about the spirit of adoption we talked about um you know again a lot of different things but we wanted to 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 try to be practical today and talk about how do we receive the spirit of adoption and kind of what that looks like and, and what we mean by that
0: yeah jeremy appreciate you uh appreciate everybody listening um i believe this this talk this discussion we're having is one of those um things that if you if you can get it that can really uh transform your life and you know we kind of went over some of the stats of fatherless kids and things in our other episode and um this is one of those things that if you can grab a hold of it and really get it in your spirit, has the uh, the ability to change your life. So uh, that's why we thought it was important to talk about it. But one of the hardest things to do is to receive the spirit of adoption, and by that I mean for adopted children, it usually takes a significant amount of time before they receive the spirit of adoption. Up. Even though you might be born again into the family. Uh, they're still in the process of being convinced that they can trust the family that they will love them and care for them unconditionally. So even in natural adoption, when you adopt a child, uh, there's a lot of things that go into that. If you adopt a child in your home and it disrupts the birth order, for example, if you have a child that's the oldest child in the home and then you adopt a child older than that, and you've got three, that becomes the middle child, it throws things Uh, out of kilter these are things you have to think about but integrating into a family it takes a long time if you've ever mentored uh, a kid uh, that's been been let down or been hurt by adults it takes months uh, if not years sometimes before that kid will finally learn to trust you and 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 say okay you know I'm gonna let my walls down I'm gonna let you in so there comes a time for every adoptee when they got to give emotional agreement to the adoption. Now, because of the hurt and the disappointment that life has dealt these kids, their ability to trust a loving father has been—it's been, been decimated—and the ability to walk in spiritual and emotional victory just seems—it seems to elude them. Now. They experience failure after failure until they finally want to give up. And even though you might know the Lord as Savior, you haven't yet received the spirit of adoption because you haven't come to the place in your life that you've given God emotional consent to be your father. You've still got your walls up. You've still got your hurt up. And people may not realize this, um, but... We carry that stuff over into our relationship with our heavenly Father. You know, we don't, we don't, we don't look at God as Father. We look at Him as as Lord, as Master, and we look at ourselves as servants or slaves. And that's completely different relationship than than what I think God wants us to have.
1: Yeah, it, matter of fact, I, I heard my good buddy Clay uh, preach recently, and he was talking about. Essentially, a couple of of Jesus' disciples, Peter and John, and in particular, how different they were in terms of kind of their view on Jesus and how they understood things. And if you notice, you know, Peter was was a very—he was uh, almost—he was really bold in the sense of, you know, he he told Jesus, "I'll follow you anywhere, even unto death." And he ended up denying Jesus three times, and he, he jerked out his sword. And cut off the, the ear of the fellow there when they were arresting Jesus and so he was he was very much kind of his mind frame was was kind of working uh, a little bit different than, than John for example where you, you you see very clearly throughout that entire book that he really understood the love of the Father and there's a couple different words in Scripture and this is interesting if you're you know as far as studying God's Word and things like that there's a couple different words Uh, in the original language that are used for love one of those is agape love which is sacrificial love it's that love that jesus died for us then there's another word called uh, phileo and that word is basically a it's 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 an affectionate kind of love it's hey i love you but yeah it's like a friendship but it's not necessarily to the point of death right and so there's some some cool language in there but john was a guy who really understood kind of the love of the father and i think when we when we walk into a spirit of adoption. Um it really does begin where you have to get to a place you really realize how much Jesus loves us yeah. and loves you, and you know the the listener, He loves you so much that He He was fully one hundred one hundred percent committed to you, Amen. so much to He died, He was beaten beyond recognition, and and and, and you know, and of course we know that story down on a cross and, and rose from the dead, but that's what He did for you, and His love for us is is beyond anything we can imagine.
0: And here's a great illustration of that using uh, John. Okay, The Last Supper, everybody's sitting around the table and Jesus says, one of you are going to betray me. And everybody says, who is it, Jesus? Who is it, Jesus? John was the one laying on Jesus' breast that was close enough to hear Jesus say, it's the one I give salt to. Everybody else... Had to ask John, "What he say? What he say? Who is it? Who is it?" So, in order for the, the difference between being the servant or a friend of God and being the son of God is is the proximity to the Father through Jesus Christ. You know, I don't want to have to ask somebody else, "Hey, what did God say?" Right. You know, right. when Jesus died on the cross, the veil was torn. Paul said, "We can go boldly." Yeah to the throne Mm -hmm. and obtain mercy in the time of need so if you're out there today you don't have to have a pastor or the pope or a priest or a preacher or somebody to represent you before God you can have that relationship you can be in close proximity you can lay your head on Jesus' breast just like John did you can be close enough that you can hear him whisper and that's the intimacy that that God wants us to have Mm -hmm. with Him. That's why He created us in the first place. And we've got to get to the point where we can accept the Father's love. Now, the accepting or receiving of the spirit of adoption means you give up your emotional bond. You give up the attachment to the life of the former family that you had in order to bond with the new family. You've got to give up your old life all the old ways of doing things, you've got to give it up. The Bible says we've got to forsake everything. And Jesus, how many times did Jesus tell people that? or would i follow you. He said, then let the dead bury the dead. You know, uh, I need to go tell my family by. No, come follow me. We've got to give, the Bible says old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You know, there's a dangerous teaching today in the church that says you can live any way you want. Because God loves you, but you know, if I went home and told my wife, "Hey, listen, I've committed adultery on you five times, but I love you," that doesn't communicate love. Love is is like you said, sacrificial. Yeah. It's preferring your brother, or your sister over yourself. You know, we there's a teaching today that basically says that you know you can sin, you can live any way you want because God loves you. But I'm here to tell you. Because you love God, you will sin less. You know, I love my wife. I don't want to go out on my wife. I don't want to bring shame and reproach upon my family. I don't want to uh, to be a uh, something that people are going to look down on my family. I, you know, as Paul said too, we can't use grace as a cloak for maliciousness for evil. You know, God, if you truly love God, then you're going to want to please Him. But we've got to give up all attachment to the old life. And we've got to accept this new life that we have with God. And we've got to accept that bond we have. This is true for the child and the family. And I'm talking even about natural adoption. Jerry, I'm adopted. I was adopted by my grandparents. My mom gave me away when I was born. I've never met my dad. And I never had this, I never had an emotional. Attachment with my family. I I grew up in a very abusive home Mm -hmm. where I was told that I was no good, that I was hated, that I wish I was never born. There was a lot of mental, verbal, and physical abuse. So I don't see them as a family even today because there was never that giving and receiving, Mm -hmm. you know, because it was so dysfunctional. So when I came to the Lord, you know, as a young man, I carried that over into my relationship with God, and we talked a little bit about on a couple episodes ago that how that every time something didn't go right, you know, I got down on myself, I blamed God, I thought God was mad at me, I didn't understand it, and when God asked me that day, you know, but what did I say about you, and what are you going to believe? That began to change my life. That's when I began to give emotional consent to God to be my father, even though that
1: process took, you know, even months. Yeah, and I, I think that's a good point, that that word process, because a lot of times we're ingrained to look at, uh, almost like these high points of life, right? Like you're going through school, you look for the time you turn 16, get your license, and you look for your graduation, you turn 18, 21. You look for these moments, and then what I realized very quickly is, in my early 20s, is, is I've, looking back, there's been a lot of high points that I've looked to, and I've completely neglected the in between sometimes. Yeah. And there's and and, and these, these kinds of things. It's not a drive through three-steps-fix-it type of... We're talking about things that it, it, it takes time. That's right. it, it, there, there is a process. And for some, for some people, it may be a lot smoother, uh, a lot shorter. And for some, it may take a little longer. It's a 4
0: work called work.
1: Yeah, it, it, it does it t- really take work. And and like going back to the love thing, love, our definitions, and that's kind of why we, we start out with defining some of these things, because love... If I see someone, if I truly love you, and I see that you're doing something destructive to your life, and you're going down a path, would it be love for me just to say, "Hey, you, you keep doing what you're doing. You're okay. I still love you." Well, absolutely not. You're leading store towards something that's going to destroy your life. It would. It, I. I want. If in love, I want to say, "Hey, man, there's there's something wrong here. We need to fix this. And that's God with us. He He's got a design that's perfect and flawless, and He wants us to live." great lives and he wants us to and, and I don't mean great in sense of, of you know lots of money and riches and things like that but he wants us to be free from these things and in order to do so we have to repent we have to turn away from things right. and, and we have to allow him to do some work in there and sometimes that is a process and I remember one time I was deer hunting and I was reading a book while I was in a deer blind and God just spoke to me so softly and said I love spending time with you yeah. and awesome, man it man. broke me and yeah. from that point it's like that moment From that point, it's kind of like you know. Yes, we want to do things for God. We want to. That's why we're doing this podcast. We want to tell people about the gospel. We want motivated by love. Exactly. It's it's not in terms of hey, I I got to check this off the box to get to heaven. It's it's God changed my life. He loves me so much that he died for me, and now in return, I want to do all I can to to point people towards the freedom that I've received.
0: That's right. It's a love motivation. Look at the very basic scripture. Everybody knows, even if they don't know Jesus. You see it at football games there were John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish. Mm-hmm. So, if we stay in our sin, in our old life, we perish. So, if you live in sin now, the wages of sin is what? It's death. Yep. You will perish. If I love you, I don't want you to perish Mm -hmm. Jesus came to save sinners you know as Paul said of which I'm the chief Uh, and I feel that way about about myself and um, nobody knows you know where God's brought me from but uh, and again I I don't have all this figured out either Jeremy and I I revert back to some of these old thinkings I struggle with this some of these things from time to time even in my relationship with my wife there's times that I feel like I don't feel like loved. I don't feel like she's showing me love, even though she is. Because and that's not her fault. That's my fault. Mm-hmm. And talking about, you know, giving uh, emotional consent and, and giving up that emotional bond. You know, uh, when you become a Christian, you become a new creature. You shouldn't pine for the ways of the world any longer for the things of sin. But you know believers in Jesus who always have a hankering to go back to Egypt And feed in the trough of worldly pollutions Are those who have truly not tasted and seen that the Lord is good These are those that have not received the spirit of adoption You know the longer we pile for the past The longer we are prevented from partaking of God's goodness And the only way you can do that Is becoming uh, a believer and becoming a son or daughter of God and there's just a couple of things I want to touch on before we, we finish up, Jeremy. Uh, uh, there are some barriers to being integrated into God's family. And, and as a church, these are things that we, we have to learn to deal with. You know, too often the church has not shown any flexibility needed to welcome into the family the wounded that we encounter. I, I, I call it selective ministry. There are certain problems that people have we're comfortable with. There's others that we kind of shy away with. We don't know how to deal with. We don't know what to do. You know, the abandoned, the rejected kind of people. You know, if the church, like the adopted family, is not willing to embrace and openly receive the new addition to the spiritual family, then the necessary bonding will not take place. The church must shoulder the greater weight in being gracious, loving, patient, and receiving as the birth order. As the birth order is being adjusted, people are trying to be integrated into the church. How 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 welcoming are we to people from coming into our church? And that I don't necessarily mean a building. The body of Christ as a whole. You know, when you receive an influx of new members of the church family, are you going to complain that they're taking over? Did they get your seat? Are they getting your attention? Are they worshiping different than you're comfortable with? Uh, when I first got saved, I was completely out of control. <laughs> I used to lose my mind in during church. I literally used to run up the walls. I don't. I don't. I not mean it figuratively. I did that literally up the walls in church. I was out of control. I didn't know. I didn't know what to do with myself. I was so you know, crazy about being saved. You know, will you murmur as the Grecian widows did that someone's needs aren't being met? You know, when you have babies in the family, their needs come first, right? When you've got a baby that needs a bottle or diaper change, the people that are supposedly more mature and more grown up, your needs come last. You've got to take care of the needs of the new people, the babes in Christ. Um... Two let uh, me, me give you two scenarios about two different people. Two people share similar struggles, neglect, rejection, and abuse. One's happy, living in victory, while the other is living in self pity and despair. What's the difference in those two people? One has received the spirit of adoption and the other one hasn't. That's just the difference. Mm-hmm. I choose today not to be a victim. You know, I've got a I've got a half sister I grew up with. Our lives are completely and totally different. Totally different. And the only difference in that, Jeremy, is the difference of, of one is the victim and the other one's chosen to not be the victim mm-hmm. and to let father be the destiny. So we're dealing with an identity crisis and that's what we've been talking about. You know, you're out there listening, you're wondering, who am I? Where and to whom do I belong? Where did I come from? What is my... Historical identity. Where am I going? Given my circumstances, what is my potential? You know, the answer to these questions helps define your sense of belonging. And there was an article literally, I think it was in the Boston Globe, the headline was, Dad is Destiny. Your destiny is found in your Heavenly Father. Mm -hmm. That's your destiny. Now, if you don't have an earthly father, and I know most of us out there don't, or have some kind of dysfunctional relationship with our father, your destiny lies in your heavenly father,
1: and that's where you've got to learn to focus your attention. Amen. And yeah, just to just to wrap up my final thoughts on everything. Again, guys, it's uh, a lot of these things. Sometimes it's uncomfortable. Sometimes it's a process. But <clears throat> excuse me, that's how that's how we really find true freedom. In life is going through some of these, you know, answering difficult questions, and then and then also realizing, you know, for me, I would I would just encourage everyone as as far as a starting place in in receiving the Spirit of Adoption is to really figure out and seek and search out to the point where you realize how much Jesus really loves you, yeah. and when you understand and grasp that, you just your whole mindset. Uh, it changes it, it's, it goes from not belonging and having to work for something to really realizing hey I belong to something that's I'm right. part of a family I have a father who is perfect and who loves me and, and, and from that alone comes tremendous uh, it, that comes your identity that's, that's who right. you are you're loved and it's not because of anything you've done or not done or the mistakes you've made it's, it's you're loved right. and then from that point again it, it there's where some, some battle takes place. You, you you're loved, and, and Jesus loves you so much, and he, he begins bringing you out of a lot of things, and, and really giving you life and freedom from a lot of wounds that you may may have.
0: And you know, and, and before you can fully understand the depth of the Father's love, you have to understand the depth of your own sin and what He's done for you. The problem is today we're preaching, you know, we've heard all our life, "Well, Jesus loves you, Jesus loves you." But we don't understand that. We don't understand the sacrifice. It's, it's, it's even become cheapened. We don't understand it because we don't understand the depths of wrong depravity and sin. That's why you've got to open up yourself, allow God to, you know, as David said, search me you and know, see if there would be any wicked thing in me and confront those things. When you understand the depths of your sin and when you understand that, that you are a sinner, And that you deserve hell And that you deserve judgment Then then you understand What Christ actually did do for you Mm -hmm. So uh, If you're out there today you don't know the Lord You know We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God God's wrath abides on you you know, God is perfect and holy and righteous. You know, it's it's not even though the the one thing that people think is going to save them is going to be the thing that's going to condemn them. John, that's God's goodness. Mm. If God really is good and He's perfect and He's holy and righteous, then by that very definition, He has to punish sin. What judge that is truly uh, not corrupt would allow? Uh, murderers and rapists and child masters to go free without giving them what they so uh, richly deserve and that is the punishment for their crimes the good news is though Jesus came in he paid your fine and God dismissed your case you are justified by faith that means just as if you had never sinned and by doing that and by repenting of your sin which means to change the way you think and act and turning in the exact opposite of direction from your sin and begin to walk for God and accepting what Jesus did for you and, and his love for you and accepted him as Lord, you can be born again and, and, and not receive God's wrath on your life.
1: Amen. Alrighty, guys. I think uh, at this point we'll wrap things up it's been a it's been a wonderful series we've uh, thoroughly enjoyed diving into identity and talking about some things and and hopefully we have uh laid some things out for you again we don't claim to have all the answers or no Everything we're just sharing our experiences and uh, trying to to genuinely help you guys and we just love you I appreciate you so much for for tuning in listening. Uh, Joe you have any kind of final thoughts before we close out?
0: Just want to encourage everybody to get in the word. Read about what God said for you. Begin to speak it over your life. Right thinking, right actions, right feelings and more importantly, you know, we're here today trying to be real and uh, we'll talk to you next week, and on another episode of uh, Real Life Living in the Fr- Here and Now. And just want to encourage you to keep it real.
1: Thank you for joining the
0: Real Life Podcast. You can subscribe to our program anywhere podcasts are available. Stay up to date by subscribing to our show. Join us next week as we tackle real life
1: together.